morning, everybody. Good to see you. Did somebody say it's good to see you too? That's nice. Thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. You know, as a, as a pastor, there's, there's always things I wish where I could uh, push a magic button and every one of you, every one of us would automatically experience. I wish that, that all of us could experience the joy that comes with, uh, with having this desire to go deep in our relationship with Jesus Christ where we become, where we become more like him. I, I, I wish all of us could experience the, the joy that comes with, with uh, really uh, opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit where we allow God's Spirit to, to guide us in the relationship that we have with other people. So in a sense, we can you know, the relationship we have with God that can carry over into how we relate to the people God brings in, into our lives. Which all of us could have the experience of uh, sitting here on a Sunday morning and watching somebody be baptized and, and really just, you know, literally have tears run down your face because you know that you had a part to play in that person coming to faith in Jesus Christ. I got to tell you, every time God gives me the opportunity to be able to have a conversation with someone about Jesus Christ and God's grace, and, and, and they, they make the decision to put their, their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. I can tell you, every time that happens, it's like I'm on cloud nine for, you know, a week or two weeks after that because it's, it's such an awesome experience, and it's one, it's one I wish for every one of us that I could push that button, that you could, you could experience it. I, I wish... I wish, I wish you could experience the joy that comes with serving another person and, and seeing their understanding of God's love grow as they, as they experience that love in a very tangible way in their relationship with you. I, I wish every one of us, each one of you, could experience the joy that comes with teaching a child or a middle school or a high school student and the, the truth of God's word and see the power of that, of, of God's word literally transforming their, their lives, just an incredible thing to experience. Wish every one of us could experience the joy of trusting God and, and having this open-handed kind of relationship with, all the, with everything that God gives us, all of our possessions and all of our finances, and, and, and just see how, 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 how God's Spirit can work an amazing way through, through us being generous. I wish all of that. I could... I could go on with one wish after another, quite a list actually, of what I wish for every single one of us that I'm, I'm convinced would give us this incredible sense of joy and fulfillment in our lives. Well, this morning, what I'd like to do is just talk with you about one of those wishes that I have. And, 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 and to the core of my being, I, I believe that it, it's a wish that if that wish can be fulfilled, if if you can experience that, I believe that it's, it's one that can make all the other wishes. I mean, you really have a huge part in making all the other wishes come true. And, and here's what it is. It's for every single one of us to be able to have that experience where you're, you're, in, a, you're in a small group of believers, uh, a, a, a small group where you're able to do life together, a, a meaningful, multiplying uh, three or four times a, a month, sitting in a circle, face-to-face -face experience with other believers where you're studying God's word together and you're 
praying together. You're praying for each other. You're, you're, you're sharing the real stuff of life with each other. You're talking about the good stuff, the, the, the stuff that gives you, you know, just like cloud nine kind of experiences and, and, and the really hard stuff, the stuff that, that sometimes can be overwhelming. Uh, if I could push a button and make that happen, I'd do it in a heartbeat. And honestly, I've, I've, I, I have so many times where I think about, you know, I think, you know what, maybe, maybe, I, should, maybe I should stop being lead pastor at Brookside and I should just give myself 100% to putting everything I can into making our, 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 our community groups as absolutely good as they can possibly be. I mean, that's how convinced I am of, of the value and the importance of small groups. That, and and I, 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 honestly, everybody, my conviction on this thing just keeps on growing every year. <laughs> I spent some time, knowing I'm going to be giving this talk today, I spent some time over the last couple of weeks, especially this last week, making a list for myself of all the reasons why I believe for us to be in a small group is extraordinarily important. And I, and, and I came up with, with quite a long list, actually, longer than I expected. In fact, I, when, when I thought about doing the sermon, my first thought was, you know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to do a top ten reasons why, why we should all be in, in a small group. And then it got way beyond ten and... And then, of course, I realized there's just no way I'm going to be able to do a sermon that's going to be, you know, 30, 35 minutes in length and do 10 reasons why you should be in a small group. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you what, what I think is my number one reason for every one of us to be in a small group, and, and it's this. I, I, I believe this with all my heart. It's that if you are involved in a small group, it's going to maximize your spiritual growth. And and, and when I'm talking about spiritual growth, I'm talking about your, your, your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm talking about growing deeper in that relationship, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, more of his character, more of his love for people, more of what Jesus Christ values. I'm, I'm talking about having the deepest possible relationship possible with God, a, a relationship that impacts and strengthens all of your relationships. <laughs> where you're, you're truly loving and, and you're caring and you live with this mindset that it's not so much that you want others to serve you, but you want to serve others. And I mean, in, if you're married, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your husband, if you're a parent, your relationship with, with your children, or, or the other way around as a child, your relationship with your parents, your, your yes, even your relationship with your brothers and sisters. And and your, your relationship with your coworkers and your, you know, fellow students and your neighbors and your closest friends, your, your, your relationship with all of the people who are in your life who do not know Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having a life that's, that's fulfilling and fruitful, that, that makes the most of every day and every year of your life, a, a life that's focused and passionate. For what's most important. I, I love what C.S. Lewis said about this. Um, and, I, and, and really I'm quoting him here. He said, we are far too easily pleased. God wants better things for us. God finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. I, 
I'm convinced he's hitting on something that's well worth considering. You might, uh, it's possible for you to hear what I'm saying this morning and, and as passionate as I am about this, you could be saying to yourself, you know what, Steve, I don't really need to be in a small group. I'm, I'm really, you know what, I'm doing pretty good in my spiritual life. I'm pretty content with it. And you could, you could think that, you could say that to yourself, and, and while at the same time, God's looking at your life and saying that you're far too easily pleased with the life that you have, that your desire for the best that God can do in you and through you is, God would say, too weak, too weak. I've been a pastor now for um, 37 years. 32 of these years with Brookside uh, blows my mind every time I run through that. And figured the other day uh, that I've been using the same desk in my office for 23 years. I mean, is that freaky or what, you know? 23 years at the same desk. And, and I got to tell you, in, in, in all of these years, in all of these years, one of the things that, that's been deeply impressed on me is what it takes for any one of us to grow spiritually, to, to grow in our relationship with Christ. I'm, I, I got to tell you, I believe this before I became a pastor. It's been a main driver for me in what, I, what I've been doing all of these years. It's why I've spent the hours that I've spent in sermon preparation since my first year as a pastor, way back in 1976 in, in Lodi, Wisconsin. Okay? It's this. I believe there's two things that are critical to our spiritual growth. Two things that are critical. And both of them have to do with God's word with the Bible. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that they're maximized through our involvement in a small group. But there's a lot of things that I don't know, but I know this one for a fact. I believe it. I know it's true. One is learning the truth of God's word the other is applying this truth to our lives. So we got, we got learning and we got applying. Learning the truth of God's word and applying this truth to how, we, to how we live. Now, when it comes to learning, when it comes to learning, in my experience these 37 years, I've, said, I've seen that there are two primary ways that this learning takes place. Uh, not the only two ways, but the Two primary ways. One is through the preaching of, of God's word on a Sunday morning, like what we're doing right here, what we do week after week, Sunday after Sunday. The other is through the, through the discipline of, of personal Bible study, what you and I can do on our own, okay? So, two primary ways to learn the truth of Scripture. Listening and learning it through preaching and learning through the discipline of personal Bible study. Those two things. And what I've, I've seen consistently is how much both are maximized in our lives when we're in a small group. And I, I'm just going to say it again. There's a lot that Steve Maltemeyer does not know, but I can tell you, Steve Maltemeyer knows this one for a fact. I, I know that I'm right about this one. It's maximized by our involvement in our lives if we're in a small group. Now, let me, let me unpack this for you, okay? Let's focus first on the discipline of personal Bible study, what we do on our own. What I've found, and uh, professional studies of churches will bear this out, is that people who are disciplined 
in their personal study of Scripture, where it is a part of their daily lives, are, are way ahead of, of those people where Bible study for them is hit and miss at the very best, at the very best. And what I've also found is that what it takes for most people, and I would say, I would say 90% plus, okay, 90 to 95% of the time, what it takes to build this discipline in our lives is no different than what it takes to build any other kind of discipline into our lives. It, take, it takes doing it with other believers where there's the encouragement and the challenge and the accountability that we need to get it done, to get it done. And I'm convinced that the best way for this to happen is through participating in a small group that's intentional, and I, I mean, I'm going to emphasize that word intentional, intentional about helping each member develop this discipline. Now, I mentioned a few weeks ago that um, I'm, I'm leading a, a community group on Thursday mornings, and one of the commitments that we all made uh, for this year is to read through the Bible. And we're, uh, we're using, actually using the same Bible. It's called the... Uh, the Daily Walk Bible, and it's put out by Walk Through the Bible Ministries. If you've never heard of it, I'd boy, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a great, great tool to use, okay? Now, we're doing this as a group on Thursday mornings because one of my convictions that I've had for a lot of years now is that it's absolutely essential for every follower of Jesus Christ to read through the Bible, and not just once, but multiple times throughout their lives. But what I've realized, okay, is that most Christians haven't done this. In fact, when, you know, uh, if anything, Christians today read less of the Bible than they did 10, even 10 years ago. I, I never, uh, you know, I, that, that's something I kind of realized, in, in, you know, a number of years ago. It was kind of this aha moment where I said, really? Y yes, really. Uh, and i got to tell you, I'm convinced that a key for, for this to happen in any one of our lives, for us to read through the entire Bible, because it's quite a challenge, is the same thing that I needed for it to happen in, in my own life many years ago. And, and, and you know what? Fortunately, and I, I thank God for this. I thank God for this so many times. It happened for me as an as a, as a 11-year-old boy in my Sunday school class of about 10 kids. And what I'm talking about is the encouragement that I needed, the challenge that I needed, the accountability that I needed that comes with being in a small group, with, which is really what, I, what that Sunday school class was for me as a kid. It was a small group. It was, that's what it was. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited about our children's ministry because I know that the part, a part of the time that our children spend every Sunday morning is in a small group. Small groups are so important no matter what your age is. Now, the good thing about this, everybody, I've got good news, okay? If you've never read through the Bible, the good news is, is that it's almost, and I say almost because it is possible that it could be too late if you wait too long, but it's almost never too late to read through the Bible. Almost never too late. So, I, I've asked two of the guys in, in our Thursday group to join me, and we're going to talk about their experience of reading through the, reading through the Bible, okay? So, uh, yeah. 
So Pat Ricketts and Luke Buskell uh, agreed to come up and, um, and open their lives to all of you this morning. Um, so how old are you, Pat? Uh, I'm 33. 33 years old. And, and Luke, how old are you? 32. Man, like I was there once, you know, it's a long time ago. Uh, and, but that's actually, I was 30 when Beck and I came here and we began Brookside. Uh, so how old were you when you began? Became a Pat when you became a Christian. How old were you? Yeah, I was 20 when I'm called, so I was about 13 years. About 13 years. And Luke, how about you? Uh, 25 years. So, uh, so Luke, let me ask you: What was your experience of reading through the Bible uh, before you were in this Thursday group with me? Okay. Isn't it good to confess, you know, in front of, yeah, just good for the soul, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, you're not the only one, okay? I'll say, so, Pat, how about you, you know? Yeah, I had a real strong conviction, and I had a non-Christian friend uh, kind of groom me in the Bible cover to cover. I took a step back and said, I profess I'm a Christian, but I've not read the, the Bible cover to cover, so I tried it on my own. I made it to Leviticus and Numbers. Like, what, what, where, where is Leviticus in the Bible? You see, you got Genesis, Exodus. And Leviticus, yeah, yeah. you did good. Three books. It's about February. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Went back to hit or miss. More scripture I was comfortable with throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. So it just kind of became a comfortable uh, comfort factor. I didn't have the accountability. Good. Okay. So guys, hear this, everybody. All right. So guys, as of yesterday, how far are you in the Bible? Pat, Luke, me. Same place. Where? Where is it? Yeah, but, but, but we are. Through, uh, Ezekiel, 39. Ezekiel 39. Isn't that great? And so I sent a text to the guys last Yeah. Get, all right. Okay. So I, I sent a text to the guys last night because uh, the reading yesterday was chapter 37, 38, and 39. So I asked the question, uh, either one of you uh, noticed an earthquake in Israel in there? And never heard from Luke, but I did hear from Pat. Right, Pat? Yeah, and what, you, you, you got back to me and you said, yep. Yeah, that, was that was your response. So. <laughs> you were bad. Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. Now, uh, I, I, I had a, a question I, I um, <clears throat> didn't think of before this morning that um, when I asked the guys if they agree with me, okay, I mean, if, if there's somebody sitting out here in this audience who has had a lot of years being a follower of Christ, they're spiritually mature, they've read the Bible, um, they have read the Bible through, maybe not just once, but maybe a bunch of times, they've, they've studied, and, and, and they're sitting out there, and they're not part of a small group, would you agree with me that it would be really wise of them to step up to the plate and become a small group leader? Would you think that'd be a good idea? Absolutely. Good, good, great. All right, good. All right, we'll let you go. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Okay. Okay. So first of all, learning the truth of God's word is essential to our spiritual growth. I'm talking about learning. Okay, learning. And I'm convinced that the likelihood of you and I 
taking the time to dig into God's word the way we need to do it, the chances of that happening are going to go way up if we're, in a, if we're in a community group, a small group, okay? A small group of believers who are committed to doing this, who are intentional about this, and who are going to encourage and challenge and be accountable to each other. That's what I'm talking about here. But you know what? It doesn't end with learning. Okay? It doesn't end with learning. Learning must lead to doing. So applying the truth of, of Scripture to how we live. Uh, here, here's what James, the brother of Jesus, said about this in the book he wrote. He said, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do, does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Notice that what he said at the beginning of that verse. He said, do not merely listen to the word. Don't stop there, he's saying. Listening is what we do when we read Scripture in our personal time in God's Word. And what we do on a Sunday morning, what you're all doing right now, when we listen to a preacher preach. And like I said a minute ago, very important, very important to our spiritual growth. But here's the deal, okay? We can't be content with either one. Both must lead to doing. Doing what? Doing, doing everybody is what makes all the difference. This is so important to understand because it's possible to, to, to think it's all about, uh, you know, about reading or all about listening. You know, when we say to ourselves, well, I do, you know, I do my reading and check off the little box or I, 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 I listen to the preacher preach and I've done enough. Very easy to think that. But James said it's like getting up in, up in the morning, walking into the bathroom, flipping on the light, looking into the mirror, and going, whoa, what happened to me, you know, during the night? Ah, it's bad. And then walking away and doing nothing and scaring people the rest of the day, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. To, to, to sit under the teaching of God's Word, whether through personal Bible study or listening to a preacher to do this, and become aware that a change needs to take place in my heart. A change needs to take place in, in a relationship that I have with somebody else. A change needs to take place in a habit. A, you know, there's an addiction in my life that I need to deal with. There's something that I need to confess. There's someone I need to apologize to. There's somebody that I need to forgive. There's some money I need to quit spending the way I'm spending. There's a relationship that I need to get out of for you and me to listen to God's word and to become a, aware of anything that needs to change in our life and do nothing. It's like looking in a mirror, seeing what needs to change, but walking away without making those changes. <laughs> do this and you completely miss God's intention for what scripture should do in your life. You know, it's possible you can take the best notes. <laughs> you know, you could, I mean, you know I believe in journaling. You could, you could have a journal. You could write the best notes in that journal. 
or you could sit here on a Sunday morning and you could take notes as I'm preaching. You could write the best notes. But you know what? If you don't do anything about what you're reading in Scripture or what you're hearing here on a Sunday morning, what's going to happen is everything you wrote on paper is just going to stay on paper. It's not going to make any difference in your life. No. Ever become a part of who you are and how you live. And here is, again, why I'm so convinced Small groups are, are vital because there's something that is so unique and so powerful about people sitting in a circle talking about what you've heard and, 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 and what you've read, talking about how it applies to your life, helping each other understand how it should apply, and tracking with each other and encouraging and challenging each other and, and holding each other accountable to do what we say that we're, we're going to do. Getting real with each other about our struggles and our challenges. Yeah. Accountability. It takes it way beyond simply sitting in a row, listening to me preach, or reading God's word alone at home. So, with the guys that I meet with on Thursday morning, it's, it, it's not only for us to read through the Bible this year, it's for us to to apply what we learn to our personal lives. And uh, to help make this happen, the very first book we read, we're, uh, you know, along with reading the Bible this year, we're reading a bunch of different books. And the very first book we read is a book I talked to you about a bunch of months ago um, called The Divine Mentor. It's written by Wayne um, Cordero, uh, a great book on how to do Bible study. Divine Mentor, name of the book. So we each have our own journal. Each one of the guys, myself included, we each have our own journal. And we're writing down, for each day, we're writing down, out of that scripture reading, the verse or verses that really grabbed us, meant the most to us. And then we're writing down our observations from the context in which that verse or that verse is written. So, for example, that, that earthquake that I mentioned, the, the context of all of that is God looking into the future and talking about what God's going to do for the nation of Israel when, there's, when it's, you know, it, we're getting right down to the end, end of time and how God's going to intervene. That's the context. Now, the application, you know, earthquake and what do you want? Okay, so that, that, then what we're doing as we do that we're each writing down in our own journal how we're going to apply that truth to our life, what, what difference it's going to make in our lives. And, and, and then we come together on Thursday mornings and we share with each other what we wrote in our journal. It's a, it's a powerful time for all of us to hear the difference God's word is making in each one of our lives and, 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 and to be able to speak into each other, to, to add our own bit of insight into how the verses chosen by another member of the group might be applied to their lives. And I got to tell you, everybody, we always, we always walk away with more than we had when we walked into that room each Thursday morning. Uh, one of the guys in the group is uh, uh, Calvin Sisson. And Calvin is ac actually somebody who's read through the Bible uh, um, more than a few times, okay? And, and so I called Calvin up yesterday because I knew he wasn't going to be, be with us this morning. And I, I said, so Calvin, what is the difference for you this time reading through the Bible where you're in a small group with, with other people 
compared to when you've read through the Bible alone, and he, he said, oh, Steve, that's easy. He said, I can tell you, he, and, and, and I'm quoting him. He said, what I'm, what I'm finding is that each guy, you know, the other guys in the group are, are coming, and these are his words, with gold nuggets of truth that they got that I didn't get. Now, man, he's saying it so well, you know, how we can each learn from each other in, in what we gain from Scripture during, during the week. So I've asked another guy to come and join me, Brian Zink. And um, and um, so, Ryan, um, you can come and cozy up with me right here. All right. So, Ryan, uh, your experience is rather similar to these other two guys that were up here, Pat and Luke, right? Um, how, uh, um, how long have you been a Christian? I, uh, I became a Christian when I was 13, so 20 years. 20 years now. And how long have you gone to Brookside? Eight of those. Eight years. So, Pat, before you got in, I mean, not Pat, uh, Ryan, before you got into this, into this uh, Thursday morning group with me, with these other guys, uh, how much of the Bible had you read? In those 20 years, I've, I've never read any of the Bible. All right. Confession's good. And then, yeah. And so, uh, I'm guessing, Ryan, same thing, I'm guessing that there's more than a few people out here who, who would probably say, you know what, I'm not that different from, from you. So, uh, Ryan, where, uh, uh, where were you yesterday in your, by the, before the end of the day? Ezekiel 39. Good job, man. Ezekiel chapter 39. Did you notice that earthquake? I saw it, yeah. Did you see it? I don't know what like. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let me ask you, what difference has this made in your life, to be in this small group and do this with these guys? Yeah, for me, it's been, uh, it's been great because I've been able to establish a foundation of substance huh. with God. Love that. With Christ himself, with God himself. Awesome. I love that. So recently, Ryan is a, 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 a partner with another guy. He owns a company called Complete Nutrition, um, and, uh, uh, which God has blessed. And, and uh, it's kind of fun. Ryan's actually been interviewed in CNN, and, and it's, a, it's a fun story with all of that. But recently, Ryan, you took a step, uh, which I loved, and uh, in your spiritual walk, and uh, which was pretty cool because one of the things, you know, you all here, if, I don't know if you were here this Sunday, I did, I've done the sermons on sharing your faith with other people. And I talked about, you know, getting your own journal and, you know, separate from your Bible study journal. And, you know, I talked about all that. You know what one of my biggest concerns is when I do a sermon like that? In fact, every sermon. It's so easy to listen to a sermon like that, walk out the door and do nothing with it. Okay? That's why I believe small groups are are just so powerful because you've got a group of other people that you're, you're just going to get into this thing together and hold each other accountable. So I've been kind of pushing you guys, right, Ryan? Yeah, there's a lot of accountability around showing up. So. Yeah. So, Ryan, what did you do recently? Well, yeah. um, at, at Complete, we uh, give the staff an opportunity to ask questions, and many times there are anonymous questions. And one time I got an anonymous question about six weeks ago, and it said, uh, For me, it was great because it was my opening. It was an opportunity to share faith. Yeah, and, um, but you took it. I did. I took That's it. That's right. And, and right away, I knew uh, my answer was it was not a sign of respect for the gift that's been given to me by Jesus. And because I had a preference <laughs> with my relationship with God, I could tell the story of the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you know, they would divide things half and then they would divide the rest. 
you have to sacrifice for us, and we no longer did that. What is it that you do to show appreciation for that? And for me, I take advantage, and I try to take advantage of every day as a gift, and I show appreciation. That's how the dogs and people look at it, and I think that's the best way to show the appreciation. Love it. Love it. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks a lot, man. I love when, when Ryan told us guys that. He said, you know, I've, I've been wanting to just step out and, and talk to others about my faith in Jesus Christ. And, and being a part of this group has just given me the courage and the strength to do it. And, and he did it. And it, I just I love it. Just love it. Every time I, I hear, hear that happen. And you know what? One of the guys said to me yesterday, I was talking to him, and he said, you know, and he's absolutely right. He said, you might say this because he's also a small group leader of a couples group, one of the other guys. And he said, you know, um, he said, Steve, I know you're very intentional in how you're leading this group. And that's part of the reason for what's happening is how intentional you are. Intentional you are. But he said, you know what? It's really a group thing. It's all of us being intentional. And so I just want to say to you this morning, if you're part of a small group, you know what? And, and you're not the leader, but you're a part of that group. You know, tell you what. Have this attitude where you say, I'm going to be so intentional about what I'm doing. I'm not going to be lazy about this. I'm going to do everything I can to make this small group experience the best experience it can be for everybody in the group. And that means you're prepared, you're digging in, you're doing, you know, you're doing the work that, that it takes to, to, you know, really benefit from it in, in the way you want to benefit. So. So. Jeff Dart came up to me after first service. We were talking. We always give each other feedback. And uh, on our preaching, it really helped, you know. And um, after first service, that's why you're at Advantage, second service, because it's a little slightly improved over first, first, first service. But Jeff said, you know, Steve, you might just, on the, on, as you finish the sermon, you might just, he said, I know you're passionate about this, but smile a little bit more. <laughs> Someone smile. And talk a little slower. Okay. So I'm going to do that. Okay. So if I could push a magic button, okay, and have every one of you experience something, it would be for you to be in a community group, in one of our small groups. Because I'm convinced of the core of my being. I mean, I know this. It's going to maximize your spiritual growth. In a huge way, it's going to help you grow in your relationship with Christ where you're becoming more like him, more of his character, more of his love for people, more of what he values. It's going to help you have the deepest possible relationship with God, a, a relationship that impacts and strengthens all of your relationships that are in your life. It's going to help you have a life that's fulfilling and fruitful. It's going to that you, where you're going you're gonna to be able to make the most of every day and every year, you're going to have a life that is focused and passionate for what's most important. As C.S. Lewis emphasized, a life where you're pursuing God's absolute best. Okay? Did I smile? Okay. I believe it, friends. Oh, with all my heart. The core of who I am, I believe in the importance of small groups. So, watch this video and 
and, uh, and then we'll do some fun things here.